La Lechuza, or Witch Owl, is a Mexican folktale that's been passed down for generations. Some claim it's a witch that transforms into an owl, others claim it's a minion of the devil himself. Today, we'll discuss some of the mythology and variations surrounding this legend, some of the most popular stories, and what you can do if you're attacked by La Lechuza. Next, on Technically a Conversation. you're listening to Technically a Conversation, a podcast where we share an interesting topic or story with each other and hope you find it interesting as well. I'm one half of your host, Jose, and I'm joined, as always, by my lovely co-host, Isela. How are you doing today? Doing pretty good. How are you doing? Doing fantastic. We're about to start the spooky season, so that's always great. It is seriously one of my favorite times of the year. Mine too. Quick reminder about our contest before we get started. If you're enjoying our show, take two minutes to leave us a review. What should they do again, Isela? Pause this awesome podcast. Leave us a five-star review wherever you're listening. Take a quick screenshot, shoot it on over to any of our socials. You'll get all the awesome deets at technicallyaconversation.com. You can't miss it. Awesome red banner at the top. That's right. And once you get your review, we'll read it on the show. And once you get 25 reviews... We'll do a drawing and give the winner a sexy, technically a conversation t-shirt. So again, check out technicallyaconversation.com or the show notes for all the deets. And to those of you that have already left us a review, thank you. Thank you guys so much. Quick shout out to the queens, Elena and Erica, the Duke, Stephen B., the ContraZoom Pod Podcast, and Claudia S., Thank you for sharing our post on your social media. Thank you, guys. With all that business out of the way, ready to get started? Ready, Captain. <laughs> Great. Let's get started. So, Isela, have you ever seen an owl before? I have seen an owl. In real life or just on TV? Both. <laughs> oh, wow. I was thinking about this the other day. I don't think I've ever seen an owl in real life before. <gasps> if I had, it would have been in a zoo but I honestly don't remember seeing one at a zoo. Oh. It might also be because I don't like birds. And as we discussed in our phobias podcast, I'm also kind of scared of them. So I might've repressed those memories. Good point. Yeah. After learning about this story, I'm okay with not seeing an owl in person ever. <laughs> now I'm very curious. <laughs> oh shit. <laughs> right. Gotta get serious. Put on the serious tone. Yes. Owl face. Owl face. Exactly. In 1977, in the border town of Santa Rosa, Texas, a mass sighting of a large owl was reported. A local woman spotted the large owl on a tree before it plunged straight at her. The woman retreated to her home, and the bird scratched frantically at her door as if wanting to get in. The neighborhood dogs were excited by the commotion and chased after the bird as far as they could. When the dogs didn't return the following morning, some of the townspeople went to look for them and were shocked to discover all the neighborhood dogs were dead. They appeared to have been mutilated and ripped apart by some immensely powerful animal. Could this have been La Lechuza of Mexican folklore? Were the dogs' deaths a result of La Lechuza seeking revenge for chasing it? Is there any truth to this story, 
or is it a folk tale that has stood the test of time? Before examining this any further, what are your thoughts on this report? It's very interesting. I would like to know a little more information just because that's who I am. Uh, how did these dogs die? Did it show lacerations that looked like they could have come from an owl? Like, you know, all those questions. <laughs> I don't know. I get very uh, CSI, very uh, crime scene investigator. According to the report, they appear to have been mutilated and ripped apart by some immensely powerful animal. I don't know if that says, <laughs> like, scratching, <laughs> or I don't know. Anyway. Well, they were dismembered. Well, dismembered? I don't know if a ca an owl would be able to do that. It sounds very believable. I just don't know if an owl would do that, as opposed to, like, maybe someone who trained an owl or something. Let's go ahead and examine this together, Isela. Hispanic Heritage Month started on September 15th, so what better way to kick off the month our month than with some Mexican folklore. Being that we're quickly approaching the season of the witch, it's only fitting that we talk about the witch owl herself, La Lechuza. Apparently, the legend of La Lechuza is very popular in the Rio Grande Valley in Texas and Chihuahua, Mexico, but I had never heard of it, had you? Yes, I had, yeah. What do you know about La Lechuza? That it appears when certain things are going to happen or, you know, like my mom would say things like, you know, it's an omen. If you see an owl and it like casts a spell, it makes like a real high screechy sound. The owl that we saw just kind of chilled up on top of a post. So it never really talked or howled or whatever that weird little screeching thing that my mom had talked about when we were little. So I guess I'm going to call BS on that. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know what? I feel like I missed out because I never knew about the lechuza growing up. And I talked to my mom earlier this week and asked her if she was familiar with the lechuza and if she was, why she was holding out. <laughs> but she stated that she had never heard of it before either. Oh. According to an article in Mexico Unexplained by Robert Beto, link in the show notes, la lechuza has been reported in the Mexican states of Chihuahua, Coahuila, Durango, Nuevo León, Tamaulipas, and on the American side of the Rio Grande in Texas. There are numerous accounts of what La Lechuza actually looks like. Some claim it's a white-winged creature that resembles an owl. Others claim it's black in color and resembles a huge raven. Some claim its stature is comparable to a small human, like me. <laughs> Others claim it's 7 feet tall and has a wingspan of 15 feet. The face of this creature is also widely disputed. Some accounts say it looks like an old woman, which is why she's referred to as the witch owl. Other accounts say it looks like something otherworldly with dark almond-shaped eyes. Did your mom ever mention what her version of La Lechuza looked like? I don't think I remember her talking about what it physically looked like, just what it meant and how like it was a bad omen and, you know, that stuff. Yeah, there appear to be a lot of variations on this whole mythology. Honestly, the only thing that the reports seem to agree on is that it flies and is seen at night. Oh, well, <laughs> that's some good deductions right there. <laughs> yeah, I know it could be like a mosquito for... I <laughs> right? Like, so does a bat. I mean, shit. True. Beto speculates that the reason why there are so many different variations of the appearance of this creature has to do with the sightings having occurred over a large geographic region over many years by people that were isolated from one another without ever communicating with each other about it. 
Despite all the differences, there are a few common themes that tie these stories together. One of the main themes is that the creature was once a woman who was wronged and is seeking revenge. Another common theme is that La Lechuza is a woman by day and turns into a huge owl by night. That last one also has variations. One is that La Lechuza is not a shape-shifting person at all, but a witch. And the owl is the witch's familiar, which does the bidding of the witch, much like the black cat. Other variations suggest that the bird is a minion of the devil himself. Oh, wow. The motive and object of her vengeance tends to differ as well, because of course, everything differs with this folklore. In some variations, La Lechuza snatches children because her own child was killed by angry villagers for a crime he didn't commit. Other variations suggest that La Lechuza's child was killed by a drunk driver, so she hangs out around bars exacting her revenge on bar patrons who stumble drunkenly into the streets. Nice. I like how they're always trying to make amends and either try to avoid that for the future or they're just out for revenge. This is like bloodthirsty people or animals. (laughs) Yeah. And despite all the variations, I think we can all agree that this is a pretty foul creature. Ha. Get it? Foul because it's a bird. That's funny. I love puns. So let's go ahead and take a quick break. Will I go torture myself like I was an Opus Day for making that joke? <laughs> and when we return, I'll tell you how La Lechuza tricks children to leave their homes so she can snatch them away. Oui. If you like all things spooky, then check out A Spooky Tales, hosted by us, Christina. And MJ, where we talk about all things spooky, paranormal stories, haunted places, myths, and legends. Listen to guests tell us their scary stories. And I hear them call me by by my name. So I run into the kitchen to check, and there's nobody there. And I start to, like, hear... Like my closet door start to open. Oh hell no! Like, oh my god! Inside. Oh hell no! All of a sudden, for no reason, I woke up in the middle of the night. Like my eyes just snapped open, and it's that strange feeling that you have when something wakes you up. You and you don't know what has woken you up until you either see what it was or you hear whatever it was. There are new episodes every Friday. Listen on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and wherever you get your podcasts, as well as at SpookyTales.com. Do you have a passion, obsession, curiosity? Welcome to The Nerd Expansion, a weekly podcast expanding the definition of nerd one interview at a time. Hosted by your new favorite weird couple, Nick Bowen and Sasha Weiss. Each week, we interview a new guest who is a self-proclaimed nerd on topics ranging from ancient Egypt, musical theater, the New York City subway system, Pokemon, and many, many more. The more niche, the better. Being a nerd is less about the subject and more about how they feel about the subject. What is their nerd love's origin story? What fuels their passion? Where has their curiosity led them? Is it just an obsession, or did it guide the trajectory of their future? Warning, the answers may shock you. Episodes are released every Tuesday, and you can listen for free anywhere you get your podcasts. 
We appreciate your support in whatever form you can give. If you want to go beyond listening, visit our Patreon page for bonus content, blog posts, and even live chats at patreon.com slash the nerd expansion. You can also help by following us on Instagram at the nerd expansion on Twitter at nerd expansion and subscribing, rating and reviewing on Apple podcasts. We are always looking for new interviewees to join the nerd expansion pack. So if you have a great nerd love, don't hesitate to contact us via our website, www.thenerdexpansion.com or email us directly at the nerd expansion podcast at gmail.com. Can't wait to have you join us and show us your nerdies. The Nerd Expansion. And we're back. Did you see La Lechuza during our break, Isela? Thankfully, no. <laughs> what are your thoughts so far based on everything that you've heard? It completely makes sense now that that last part that you mentioned where it's such a common story or like lore through so many geographic parts that it would make sense the actual owl looks so different. It's going to be tailored for what is in their region. Yeah, I was thinking that too. That makes sense that everybody has a different version of it, especially if they were separated by such vast distance. They didn't really have a chance to talk to each other and kind of work out the details of it. Yeah, right, right. Okay, we're going to say, yeah. But as far as, you know, it's snatching up children and stuff like that, I think that's something that parents might have utilized as a type of disciplinary tool. We all do it. I've heard other people say, even if they say stuff like, well, Santa's not going to get you gifts this year. It's either Santa, it's Lechusa, it's El Cucuy. <laughs> you know, they're all these outrageous disciplinary tools that we should not be using, frankly. We should just be having real conversations about consequences. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like fear is a great motivator. And I think that using fear on me, definitely, at least when I was really young, it did get me to shape up a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> I was just afraid of... My dad naturally and my mom naturally. So I don't think they necessarily had to rely on things like that. So when my mom told me about Lechusa, it wasn't like, oh, you got to be home by dinner time. Otherwise, she's going to snatch you up. It was not in that form. It was just, this is the story. <laughs> totally makes sense. Did you hear a baby crying outside your home during our break? <laughs> Thankfully not. <laughs> That's good. Because if you do hear a baby crying outside your home, don't be fooled. It's a trap, to quote Admiral Akbar. As I teased before the break, in addition to having a dizzying amount of variations, La Lechusa is also quite cunning and will try and trick children into coming out. One method that it uses, according to a Fan Bolt article by Sarah Margaret, La Lechusa will mimic the cry of a baby, and when the victim leaves their home to find the source of the sound, it will swoop down and carry off their prey like a small field mouse. La Lechusa is apparently strong enough to carry grown-ass men. So just because you're an adult doesn't mean that you're safe. Wow, that's really scary. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, I doubt it can pick me up. <laughs> I like to go by the philosophy that they have over at Carlos Bakery here in Southern Park. It says the more you eat, the harder it is for you to be kidnapped. Yes, I could see that for sure. I should probably <laughs> start buying some more donuts. <laughs> 
<laughs> Actually, their burritos are the bomb.com. Really? All right. Now I got to check that out. Yeah. Next time you're in town. Well, the thing is you can't eat anything there because it's all meat-based. Okay. La. Yeah, valió papas. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Another cool trick up La Lechuza's proverbial sleeve is that it'll target drivers traveling alone at night. What it does is swoop down on the front of the car, causing the victim to swerve to avoid hitting the creature or stop the vehicle to see what they hit. La Lechuza will pounce on the confused driver and carry them away. <laughs> so you definitely don't want to fuck with La Lechuza. So what can you do to protect yourself? Excellent question, Isela. <laughs> yes, good. <laughs> Glad I asked. La Lechuza is said to be immune to bullets, or at least difficult to kill with bullets. And if you shoot La Lechuza and don't kill it, you'll die. Oh. If any part of La Lechuza touches you, you'll die. If you dream of La Lechuza, you'll die. Wow. <laughs> well, actually, that last one is just a joke. Okay. <laughs> but if you do dream of La Lechuza, it means that somebody from your family will die. Wow. Jesus. I think we could have seen that one coming. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> now, there was another story of a driver in El Tigre, Chihuahua, who was attacked while driving on a dirt road out of town. At one point, La Lechuza struck the windshield of the truck and landed in front of the vehicle. The driver slammed on the accelerator, ran over La Lechuza, went back in reverse to finish the job, <gasps> and ran over it again. As the driver continued forward on its path, he saw La Lechuza rise from his rearview mirror. So do you want to take a guess what happened to the driver, Isela? He was picked up by the Lechuza. He died. That's where I was going with that, yeah. <laughs> so just like Steven Seagal, this beast is hard to kill. Wow. But there are a few things you can do to ward off an attack by this creature. The easiest thing would be to hang a rope with seven knots outside of your front door or on your porch. This tells La Lechuza that you acknowledge and respect it, and it will leave you alone. Like Aretha Franklin, it's just asking for a little respect. <laughs> just a little bit. Just a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> if you're in the process of being attacked and can't be bothered to sit down and leisurely tie some knots on a rope, you can reportedly repel La Lechuza by throwing a combination of salt and chili powder in La Lechuza's face. Unfortunately, the proportions of salt to chili powder were not provided. Is it one part salt to two parts chili, or maybe two parts salt to one part chili? Also, will regular Morton's table salt work, or do I have to use the more expensive sea salt? If you don't have chili powder, could you use Valentina, or would Cholula be more effective? <laughs> These are the burning questions. Also, why not tajin? It's, it's all those things all in one. Tajin. Let's see. Nice and fast. What if the proportions aren't right? What if you need sea salt? I feel like with tajin, they always got the proportions right. <laughs> <laughs> this is suddenly a commercial for tajin. <laughs> or Lucas. Do you remember Lucas? Yes. Yeah. The little duck or something, right? Yeah, I think so. It was, I, I want to say it was a duck. Yeah. Yeah. It would look very uh, Howard the Duck kind of. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. In an episode of NPR's Latino USA podcast, they interviewed a man named Servando Reyes, who stated he had seen La Lechuza firsthand while growing up on a ranch in Mexico. He stated it was natural to see white owls peacefully circling the night sky 
while working at the ranch. One night, one of them swooped down and tried to attack him. His dog, which was with him during the attack, followed him. But when he tried calling the dog to come eat, it didn't want to move. And what's the theme here, Isela? It died. It died. Oh, this is sad. Reyes stated there were two types of lechuzas, so he wasn't sure which one attacked him. If it was a witch who transforms into an owl or an owl trained by a witch to carry out her works of evil. Mm. He also recalled hearing stories from his grandfather on how to destroy these wicked creatures. According to his grandfather, if la lechuza wants to attack you, you're supposed to start praying until la lechuza falls. Then you tie up its legs, and when the sun comes up, it will no longer be a bird. It will be the actual witch. Oh, wow. That'll be interesting. I guess at that point, you burn it at the stake or something. He didn't really elaborate. You just commit full-blown murder as opposed to just having PETA after you. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He didn't really elaborate. Maybe you drop a house on it. What's your favorite way to kill a witch, Isela? <laughs> I don't know. I just throw water on it. That seems pretty nonviolent. <laughs> and she goes, I'm melting, melting. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get you, my pretty. That's right. <laughs> a different Servando, Servando Hinojosa, an anthropology professor at the University of Texas, Rio Grande Valley, believes that the stories of La Lechuza date back to pre-Columbian times, when indigenous people cultivated a spiritual connection to animals. When the Spaniards introduced Catholicism and Christianity to the indigenous, there was a clash of beliefs, and the spiritual connection to animals was seen as paganism and devilry, which is a really cool word. Yeah, <laughs> you just want to say it again. <laughs> And devilry. <laughs> <laughs> As the connection between animals and witchcraft were emphasized by the Spaniards, these animals lost their spiritual connection as allies, and the natives started seeing these night dwellers the same way as the Europeans had been seeing them. Even though most modern people no longer believe in witchcraft or witches anamorphing into owls, children's author Javier Garza feels that it's important to preserve these legends for future generations. Just as these stories were around for our parents and for us, we should preserve them so they'll be around for our kids and their kids. They're a part of our culture, they're familial, they're family heirlooms. They're a connection to who we are and where we came from. As a parent, how do you feel about that, Isela? Have you taught your daughter any Mexican folklore? Has she been raised with any of these stories you and I grew up listening to? She hasn't heard of La Lechuza, but I have to admit, now that um, this last person puts it like that, I can absolutely see how we do have to kind of preserve these stories where even if we believe them or not, you know, hey, let's pass them down. This is what a lot of people do believe. And you should be aware that this is what our ancestors have grown up with, you know, our, our grandfathers, abuelitas or abuelitos, whatever have grown up with. It is really interesting for sure, because, you know, you have that firsthand account. This guy's alive. He was talking to NPR. We don't even have to go that far back. It's pretty interesting for sure. But no, my daughter has not heard of La Lechuza yet. Yeah. No, I, I think it would be cool to share with her for sure. She's heard the stories of La Llorona. I mean, sadly, there's only like three stories that really make it out of, out of Mexico, you know. I agree with you 100%, though. I think if I were to have kids, I would want them to grow up learning these stories 
that would motivate me to learn more of them because I would never want my kids to forget their culture and forget their identity. And even though my Spanish sucks now, I would want them to learn it as well. I think reflecting on our heritage shouldn't be something that we do one month out of the year. It should be an ongoing process. Again, I say this as a non-parent, but I can't imagine a time I'll ever feel different about that. Well, the good thing is you still have influence over kids like your godson and then the newest uh, baby that has arrived. So, you know, yeah, for sure. I think even if you are not necessarily a parent, you still get to influence them in positive ways like that. You know, my daughter still, I mean, she still has a whole playlist in just Spanish. So, I mean, she still sings stuff like that. So I, I there are things that we still definitely preserve. But yeah, I think folklores, uh, like legends and stuff like that, we could definitely be doing a better job on learning more of it. I agree. I think it's important. Yeah. So let's go back to the beginning of the podcast. Remember the story I shared with you? The La Lechuza attack that happened in 1977 in Santa Rosa, Texas, the one where all the dogs died? The dogs, yeah, were ripped apart. So I tried going through various newspaper archives, trying to find any reports of any of this, and I found nothing. Sad. You would think this was probably the most exciting thing to ever happen in a small, sleepy town like Santa Rosa, <laughs> and it would have taken over the headlines for at least a week. Yeah. But not one single report. Smells like a government cover-up. Really? No. <laughs> Just kidding. No, probably didn't happen. <laughs> I'm a skeptic, so I honestly don't believe any of this really happened. But I still value the stories for them being just good stories and being a part of our culture. Right. So any closing thoughts on La Lechuza? If you were a witch, would you want to anamorph into an owl? Honestly, I think I would. Let's think about it. Owls seem to look trusting because they're supposed to be wise if we think about the first things we think about, right? They're like, oh, they're associated with the whole wise old owl type of phrase. and. I don't know if you've ever seen them fly, but they don't make any noise. I don't know what it is, but they make like zero noise. They're like the Prius of owls. <laughs> and um, yeah, I mean, all those things would be great. And you're nocturnal. Hell yeah, that's awesome. You have big claws. Who doesn't want that? I'm trying to grow up my nails still right now. <laughs> yeah. So that way you'll be ready for your transformation. Yeah. I'm halfway there. Now I just got to get that cackle laugh <laughs> or whatever she does. <laughs> you know, it's funny you were mentioning that owls don't make any noise because one of the, I guess, common themes about La Lechuza, and I didn't bring it up just because I didn't find it in too many places, just found it in a couple of sources. It was saying that if you hear a Lechuza whistle, you're not supposed to whistle back or mimic it because if you do, what's the common theme again, Isela? Ooh. You're going to get struck by lightning. I'm just kidding. You're going to die. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, apparently it'll attack you if, if you mimic it or if you whistle back at it. So they don't like to be mocked. That's what that tells me. Or they don't want to be objectified. They're like, hey, hot lady. And then they're like, what, bitch? <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> well, since you said bitch. No. On that high note, we hope that you enjoyed the show. And you join us again next week. If you're enjoying the show, leave us a review, tell a friend, and subscribe wherever fine podcasts are sold. You, you. Follow us on the socials at GreetingsTAC. Email us at greetingstac at gmail.com. Or 
leave us a voicemail at 915-317-6669. If you're nasty (laughs) and have a story to share with us. But not nasty stories. Thank you. Uh, Depending on who sends them. No. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Ha, 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 ha.